What's up, whole world? Welcome to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 61. So, it's been a while since I told a good fight story. And I think tonight, I got a pretty good fight story for you, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's get to it. So this story takes place, I might have been 16 years old, 17 years old, something like that. The year was 1993, I think. But um, this is in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Shout out to Little Fib and Amphibious Base and Shelton and Port Laote and all my partners from Naval Housing from back in the day. I grew up Dayton, Ohio. And um, when I was about 14 years old, you know, always, you know, stayed out of trouble. But I was starting to get into trouble, you know, when I got about 14. My mom started calling cops on me all the time and shit. And my older brother adopted me. And I moved from Dayton, Ohio to Virginia Beach, Virginia. And it was a beautiful thing because for me and my younger brother, we got a chance at a brand new start, right? Brand new start with a, at a new school in a new neighborhood. We had to meet new friends. And it was a beautiful thing. I was trying to be friendly with everybody. You know what I'm saying? I never had beef with anybody, anybody, anybody. I was cool with everybody. And so it was all good. About a year and a half after I get there, there was this guy named uh, Jason that had moved into town. I think he was Jamaican. And nobody really fucked with Jason. Nobody liked him. And I couldn't figure out why. I didn't really know him. I kind of seen him from across the way, but I didn't really know him. But I, I, nobody really liked him. Nobody fucked with him. So I tried to be friendly to this guy because he didn't have any friends. And I just tried to be his friend. You know what I'm saying? I got to know him. And Jason was definitely off. He definitely uh, danced to the beat of his own drum. This motherfucker was, he was something else. Very violent. He was a very violent person. And I remember like, you ever had that friend you go to the club with and somebody step on their shoe and they be ready to fight the whole club? Like he was one of them motherfuckers. So I would hang out with him. And when I would see him in a situation that was brewing, getting ready to get stupid, I could talk him down a little. Hey man, come on, not that show. No, don't worry about that shit. And I could talk him down from, from fucked up, bad situations. I didn't know that this motherfucker would put me in a fucked up, bad situation. So, let's get to this story. It's a Saturday night. Me and my partners. It's about five of us. And uh, me, Jason, Kevin. I think Clyde was with A couple guys was with us. And it's Saturday night. And we just out, man, doing what teenagers do on Saturday nights, man. Just running the streets, trying not to get in trouble. And we run over to Taco Bell. There's a Taco Bell right across the street from uh, Naval Housing, right in front of the food line right there. And so um, we go into Taco Bell. And when you order your food, you stand in them little metal bars. They kind of zigzag, right? So we go in, we stand in line, and, you know, waiting to order our food. And when we walked in, these white dudes came in after us. So they're behind us. I'm standing there, and I'm looking straight ahead at the menu that's you know, it's kind of up top where you can look and order your food at. I look at Jason. Jason's looking behind me at these white dudes who just walked in. I said, Jason, what are you looking at? He's like, these motherfuckers are staring at me. I was like, who? These white motherfuckers. So I turn around. I turn around and it's these white dudes. But they're not looking at Jason. They're looking at the menu just like I was. I said, Jason, they're not, they're not looking at you, man. They're looking at the menu. Fuck that. I don't like when motherfuckers stare at me. I'm like, Jason, they're not looking at you, man. Fuck that. I don't like when motherfuckers stare at me, especially white boys. 
So now the white boys hear this shit. And they, you know, now Jason and these white dudes is going back and forth. And so I don't I don't know how this shit was settled, how it was, you know, decided that we're going to finish our food and then we're going to fight in the parking lot. I don't remember how the shit was orchestrated, but that's just how we're going to eat and we're going to fight in the parking lot. All right, that's what's up. Um, So we get our food and we sit down and eat and they get their food and they sit over there and they eating. And Jason's like eating, chewing his fucking food, staring at these motherfuckers the whole time. I'm like, I can't believe that we, we high schoolers. These motherfuckers was not high schoolers. They probably was in their early 20s. But we feel like, you know, if it's about to go down, fuck it, let's, let's get it in. So we get done with our food first. And we go out to the parking lot. And we're standing in the parking lot. And do you remember the old, uh, they had these root beers. They was called IBC root beer. And they was 32-ounce bottles. But they looked, they were shaped like 40 ounces. And so we would tear the labels off. Some motherfuckers would think we was drinking 40s for real. So like three of us got these bottles. I'm like, look, when these motherfuckers come out here, hit the biggest one with this motherfucking bottle. All right, cool. That's a bet. All right, bet. So we standing out there. We see them in the restaurant eating. They get up. They take their tray to the trash. And they don't come out the front door. They come out the side door. And they go to this truck. They was all parked. Like, they was all riding in this truck that was parked over there. They go in the truck. And they come out. And they all got sticks in their hand. And they wasn't like two by fours. They was kind of like the, the length of a stake. Like when you put a tent down and you put the stakes on the side, they was like that. Probably about, I don't know, probably about two feet long with the little point on the front. I'm like, oh shit, these motherfuckers got stakes. All right, you know, it's all good, whatever. Y'all motherfuckers ready? And I didn't hear shit. I said, hey, y'all ready? I turn around. All these motherfuckers have ran across the street. They're running across the street into Naval House. I'm standing in the parking lot by myself holding a bootleg. 40 ounce root beer and these motherfuckers are stepping up and I'm I'm like hold on wait a minute wait a minute you know we was just talking shit right we ain't really trying to fight y'all I'm politicking my ass off to try to get out of getting fucked up cause I seriously could've got fucked up I probably would've got one of them with the bottle but it was five of them on one and my crew all these motherfuckers bounced on me and so from that moment on I understood why nobody fucked with Jason and I was no longer fucking with this dude either because he left me out to get fucked up and just and just ran. Like, they ain't go across the street to watch. Them motherfuckers, I seen the bodies, like, go in the buildings and take off and leave. So, um, I was able to talk and politic my way out of an ass whooping. And, um, me and Jason was never cool after that. He apologized. I, I accept your apology. We ain't cool no more. Stay the fuck away from me. And we wasn't cool no more. But that's a, um, that's a true story. And that really happened. And it made me think of another story that I think you'll like too. Um, so let me wrap this up and then come back with another story right after this quick break. What's up, whole world? Welcome back to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 61. I was going to tell you about another fight story. This happened in high school. I moved to Virginia Beach. It's my first day of school, and I almost got suspended because I got in a fight on my first day of school. But it wasn't my fault. That's the only reason my family wasn't mad at me because it wasn't my fault. Somebody tried to punk me on my first day, and I'll tell you what happened. So I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, predominantly black high school. We didn't have school bullies, per se, 
there were motherfuckers that you did not fuck with, but they weren't. We didn't have like no Debo's walk around the school punking motherfuckers for their shoes and shit. But when I moved to Virginia Beach, um, I went to this white high school, and they had a school bully. I couldn't fucking believe it. This was a predominantly white school, rich people, 16, 17-year-old kids driving Porsches and shit to school, and that's just how it was. And so I'll never forget it, man. It's my first day. I'm standing in the lunch line. I ain't got lunch ticket shit. I got to pay for my lunch because my, all my, my shit was getting processed. So I'm standing in the line. And this little short motherfucker, his name was Mikey. It was him and like two other dudes. He walked up to me and he said, give me your lunch money. And he was dead motherfucking serious. I was like, get the fuck away from me. I ain't playing with you. Give me your motherfucking lunch money now. And so I'm like, motherfucker, if you don't get the fuck out of my face. So we, we started yelling at each other. We going back and forth. And um, we had a football coach named Coach Prince. This motherfucker was crazy. And he see us over there, you know, going back and forth, jawing at each other. He come over there and separate us. He make them go outside, and he, you know, he tell me, you know, don't fuck with people, and you know, I'm like, I'm cool, I'm good. I tell him what happened. All right, don't worry about it. It's over with. And I order my food, right? So I got this. Uh, I'm wearing a tank top, right? And you couldn't wear tank tops in school, so I had to wear my jacket. This over, I had the, uh, the the pullover, the Oakland Raiders pullover, and it's hot as fuck. But I'm not allowed to wear this tank top, so I got this jacket on, and I'm standing outside. And, um, you know, I eat my food, and I go outside, and I'm standing outside. I only know a handful of people that I met, you know, from the neighborhood, you know, from Shelton. And uh, you know what a hacky sack is? Remember the hacky sack, the little bag with the little beads in it? They was out there kicking it. And I'm standing over there, and Mikey snuck up behind me. He had tore the hacky sack open, and he poured the seed, like the seeds from the hacky sack, down the front of my jacket down my shirt and this motherfucker's laughing he takes off running I can't take my jacket off right so I run inside I run to the bathroom take my jacket off I'm shaking all these beads because I didn't know what it was at first but once I started taking my, my shirt and shit off I knew it was beads and I was like okay I'm gonna get this motherfucker so we still got about 10 minutes for the bell ring I go back outside I go out the side door and I see that motherfucker standing on the curb with his boys and he didn't even see me coming. He didn't even see it. I came up from the side. You know how the motherfucker was running from the car on uh, Menace Society with his hands down like this? I like ran up on that motherfucker. I leaned in, caught him with the right, right in his chest. Bam! Caught him. And um, he tripped on the curb and he fell down. This motherfucker started having an asthma attack, man. So I'm looking at his boys like, what the fuck y'all want? They, they backed up. They ain't want no piece of it. But now it's the situation because this motherfucker is having an asthma attack. I punched him too hard and he can't breathe. So somebody came and snatched him up, took his ass to the nurse's office. So um, I get sent to the office and I tell him, like, he's been fucking with me since I got here. He tried to take my lunch money. He's pouring shit down my shirt. I had to defend myself. So um, you know, I told my brother what happened, told him what happened. So the next day, this motherfucker walks up to me. And I'm ready for whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck, why, you know, whatever. And he apologizes. He's like, you know what? My bad, it's all good. And I found out that this motherfucker lived right across the street from him. I had never seen him before. He lived right across the street from him. And from that day on, me and Mikey got real cool. <laughs> I think because, you know, I wouldn't take no shit that uh, we ended up getting real cool. So 
Shout out to Mikey. I ain't talked to him in about 20 years, but um, hope all is good. And I'm sorry I had to fuck your rib cage up real quick. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. And uh, that's my other fight story. Do I got? Oh, I got another. I got another story too. Let's do one more. When we come back right after this short break. What's up, whole world? Welcome back to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 61. And I got another fight story. This one's really good, okay? We're going to fast forward to some good old-fashioned army brawls that we uh, got down with. Shout out to Bomb Holder. Uh, all my partners from Bomb Holder, y'all might, uh, y'all, <laughs> y'all might remember this story. I didn't want to tell this story at first because this shit goes hard. But um, it's been long enough. Statute limitations and all that shit should uh should protect me with this shit. I'm not going to court for none of you motherfuckers. I ain't signing no statements. I ain't writing no letters. And if anybody asks me about this fight, I'm deleting this whole fucking podcast. That being said, let's get to it. So let's fast forward. I'm in the military station in Baumholder, Germany. And um what year was it? It was probably like two thousand one, two, three, something like that. And when we used to go to the club, man. My unit used to roll deep to the club. I mean, at least 20 deep. And I was in the infantry. I'm with a bunch of motherfucking, um, you know, gung-ho, type A, aggressive, you know, just infantry mentality, you know, personnel that I used to roll with. And I always had this saying when I went out to the club, man, if I'm with somebody, whatever we can do to prevent a fight from jumping off, we'll do it. But if the shit jumps off... We going all in, you know what I'm saying? And if I if, if it's me and you, we go to a club. If you fighting, you know I'm fighting. Either we whooping somebody ass, or we all getting our ass whooped. Cause I'm not gonna let you fight by yourself, and I'm not gonna let you get beat up by yourself. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna try everything I can to prevent you from taking it there. But if shit goes down, shit, it's all good, right? So let's get to the story. We at a club. I don't remember the name of the club. I don't remember the name of it. It was this big-ass club we went to. We in that motherfucker deep, deep, deep. And um, there was a guy that rolled with us. His name was Correa. Correa, if you listen to one of my prior stories, was the same guy that wore the sweatpants to the club. And they didn't let him in because you couldn't wear sweatpants to the club. But we told the motherfucker before we left the barracks, you can't wear sweatpants. And he wore them anyway. And they wouldn't let him in. But that's another story. Same dude. Same guy. So we go to the club. And we in that bitch. And Correa was from L.A. And uh, you couldn't tell him he wasn't, you know, pretty. You know, Nico. That was his name. Nico Correa. And so, Nico is talking to this girl. She's Turkish. Now, back, you know, I don't want this shit to come across as racist. But when I was in the military, uh, a lot of the Turkish men did not like American soldiers. Like when I was in, it was like that. I don't know what it is now. But my through my experience of my time in the military, the Turkish guys did not fuck with us. The women, on the other hand, they loved us. They couldn't get enough of us. But the men hated our fucking guts. So we in this club, Correa's talking to um this Turkish chick. She has a boyfriend though. And so I don't know where he was, but like he comes back and he sees Correa talking to his girl 
and then it, it gets a little staticky. They start going back and forth. His boys step up. You know, we step up. And then, like, the bouncers came over, and they squashed everything. He's like, my bad. I didn't know. She didn't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? My bad. And then that should have been it, right? You talking to her. Her boyfriend show up. That should be it. That should be the end of this goddamn story. But guess what? This is Correa we talking about. This is not the end of the story. So fast forward about 30 minutes. The guy steps off again. Correa steps back to this girl, and he's trying to talk to her. This time, the guy comes back. He's ready to fight. This motherfucker's ready to throw some hands. So, motherfuckers is holding him back. The bouncers come over again. They're like, fuck it. Everybody get the fuck out. So, they kick all of us out and all the Turkish dudes that's involved. They kick us all out. And now we're standing in the parking lot, right? So, we're standing in the parking lot. And all of a sudden, I don't know where all these Turkish motherfuckers came from. It was like 10 of them in the club. But when we got outside, it was like 30 of these motherfuckers. I don't know where the hell they came from. They just showed up. The motherfuckers just appeared out of nowhere. And I look around, and I'm like, where the fuck is Correa? Somehow, through all the movement and shit, Correa managed to not get kicked out the club. He's still in the club, but everybody else is in the parking lot. And this is about to be a fight on Correa's behalf. And he ain't even out there to fight with us, right? So I... This was one of the last times Correa, you know, rolled with us after this shit right here. So let's get to the fight, right? The fight jumps off. Motherfuckers is brawling, getting it in. Motherfuckers getting their teeth knocked out. The crazy shit was, um, I shouldn't say names. So <laughs> my partner is up there with his wife. And his wife is about 103 pounds with a rucksack on. And uh, she out there, you know, getting it in, cracking motherfuckers too. Somebody caught her. Somebody caught her though. Bam! And they dropped her. And when she hit the ground, somebody came over and started stepping on her stomach. They was kicking her in the ribs. Her husband pulls out the pokey and just start poking motherfuckers. Shoot! 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 And now it's, it's real crazy because now motherfuckers is screaming. There's blood everywhere. And so, um, of course, you know, the Polizai show up and the SP show up and the MP show up and all these motherfuckers, security forces show up. This guy grabs his wife, throws her in the truck. They roll out. And uh, they take off. And so um, they come with her and they, they, they separate everybody and they break up the fight. And then that's what happened, man. And uh, they was trying to find out who this guy was. And I wasn't going to say shit. And I still ain't going to say shit. And if anybody asked me 20 years later, I still ain't going to say who it was. But I bet he's listening to this right now. And I bet he know who he is. And I bet some of the motherfuckers listening to this story know who he is, too. But those were the good old days, man. Those were the good old days. Nothing nothing wrong with a nice little skin-on, skin-on, knuckle-to-knuckle, you know, fight outside the parking lot every now and then to keep the blood juices, keep you young and healthy. So um, that was a true story. That really happened. And uh, that didn't happen too often. I got a couple of fights like that. I got a fight with a dude one time. Um, I punched that motherfucker hard as I could, and he dipped his head down. And I punched him in his forehead and sprained my wrist. That shit hurt. But I didn't know it. Like, I didn't know it when, when I was fighting him. Yeah, adrenaline and everything. But the next morning, like, when I woke up, my shit was all swollen up. It was fucked up. Hanging with them inflatable casts and everything. But, um, yeah, man, I hope you enjoyed my fight stories tonight. I got a whole bunch of fight stories. Um, I'll start putting them. If you like my fight stories, let me know. And I'll put more fight stories up here so you can listen to them. Hopefully nobody gets arrested. 
none of my shit is used in the court of law against me. So um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. God bless. And I'll see you guys on the next podcast. Keep listening. I'll keep putting them out. Adios. Have a good night. What's up, whole world? Welcome to Storytime with Cedric. Welcome back. I decided to do one more story before I wrap it up for tonight. Uh, I was thinking that I, um, I do stories. I've, I've told stories about my older brother. I've told stories about my younger brother. But I've never told stories about my younger sister. So I'm going to take this time to just do a story about my younger sister. And, and hopefully um, I don't embarrass her too much with it. I almost told this story at her wedding. But I didn't do it because I, I thought it, it would embarrass her. But I'm going to tell it now on my podcast. So I hope you're listening to it. And I hope that you like it. Amber, this is for you. So, uh, my sister was the youngest. She, um, you know, three older brothers. And she was the youngest. She was the most spoiled. She always got the most shit for Christmas and, you know, whatever. But it was all good. You know, she's the only girl that's supposed to happen. But I remember all the ass whoopings I got because of my sister. And it's one ass whooping that I remember in particular. Two, really. I'll tell both of those stories real quick. So the first one, um, she was little. She was like in diapers, maybe one or two years old. You know, walking on babies, be walking, they bounce, be fucked up. I'm in the bathtub, right? And I remember we didn't have no soap. So we used to put palm olive in the water to get bubbles, you know what I'm saying? And I got a I got an ass load of bubbles in the bathtub. I'm in there by myself. Anybody have one of the moms and like when they got company, they put you in the bathtub and shit, leave your ass in there until their company leave. And your fingers and shit be all wrinkled. Mama, I'm finished and your fingers be all fucked up. They just leave your ass up there. They downstairs playing spades and shit, just leave your ass up there. Come up there just to add a little bit of warm water so you don't freeze to death. But anyway, you know, I'm in the bathtub. I got my bubbles cracking. I'm good. Um, Amber comes in the bathroom. I'm like, you know, get out of here. I'm in the bathroom. Get out of here. I ain't got no clothes on. Get out. But she wants to touch the bubbles. She comes in and she just wants to touch the bubbles. And I'm like, all right, you can touch the bubbles. And you got to get the fuck out. Well, I ain't cuss at her. I was like, touch the bubbles and you got to go. So she comes over to the edge of the tub. She's playing with the bubbles. We're having a good old time, right? I'm like, oh, okay, we're just playing with the bubbles. She loses her balance and slips face first into the water. Boop. And then, you know, I, I pull her ass out the water. And it's like her face is wet now. She had this big-ass afro. It's all wet. And it's full of bubbles. And her face is full of bubbles. And she just screams bloody murder. Ah! So my mother hears my sister screaming. Of course, she runs in the bathroom. What's going on here? I said, Amber fell in the tub. Why is she in here? I said, she wanted to touch the bubbles. So, I don't know if you ever got an ass whooping fresh out of the tub. I don't recommend it. Because when you get your ass whooping and your pores is open, that shit hurts a whole lot worse. It does. And your body's still wet. I got an ass whooping with a leather belt when my ass was still wet. And I was barefoot. It's something about getting an ass whooping barefoot that just don't sit right with me. But yeah, that was one of the ass whoopings I got um, for my sister. And another ass whooping I got, um, Amber, she used to be um, bow-legged. Well, I don't know if that's the right word, but her, 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 the way she used to walk was kind of fucked up. So she had to wear these braces. 
you know, she had to wear like the left foot on the right foot and wear these braces just to get that shit straightened out. Kind of like Forrest Gump in that movie, Forrest Gump, right? And so she also had a walker. Now we live on a two story house. My mother goes upstairs, puts Amber in the bed. I'm downstairs watching television. So my mother comes back downstairs and she's sitting on the couch next to me. Somehow, Amber gets, she wakes, she's not asleep. She wakes up, climbs out of the crib, gets in the walker, and starts walking down the hallway. We don't hear it until she tumbles down the stairs. She fell down two flights of stairs in the walker, screaming her ass off. My mom looks at me and says, you let your sister fall down the steps? I said, I'm sitting on the same couch you're sitting on. So, I got to ask her. I don't know if it was because she fell down the steps or because of my smart aleck remark. But I still, to this day, feel like I did no wrong for that one. But my sister fell down the steps. I got the answer before it. I'll take that one to the grave, man. I ain't do shit wrong in that situation. But Amber, I got two ass whoopings that I can think of right now for you. But you know what? It's all good. If I could do it all over again, I'll take those ass whoopings all over again. So anyway, hope you enjoyed the story. Hope all is well. I love you. And um, hopefully when this COVID shit lifts up, we can link up and get an Airbnb with a big-ass backyard. And my kids can play with your kids. And we can eat popsicles and drink McDonald's and drink McDonald's. Wow. You know what I'm saying? We can get we can get together and kick it. So that being said, I'm going to shut this down. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. God bless and good night.